0: From the depths of our heart for the Lord Jesus, who is our life. And in Him we find no fault. But we find in ourselves fault when we look into His life and examine ours by His. We pray that you forgive us. We ask tonight that you'll meet with us. You promised that wherever two or more would meet together, that you would be in the midst and if we would ask anything, that it would be granted. And Father, our our motive and our objective tonight and our longing in our heart is to see Christ glorified. So we pray that our efforts tonight will be, as they continue, to bring people to a living faith and a living God, that a God that is not dead but is alive forevermore. We pray, Father, that you'll stir our souls tonight with our presence. Through Jesus Christ, we ask it in his name, amen. amen. May be seen. Just a little late and just a little tired. I've been going since Christmas without any let-up, so I'm pretty tired. I was glad tonight to see Brother Joseph Jose, who uh, been looking this scene for some time, returning from the fields of, across the sea. And i uh, sorry to say tonight that our precious brother and friend here, Brother Tommy Hicks, is leaving us tonight for or tomorrow morning for Canada to have a meeting. I tried to get him to come out and preach for me tonight because I was so tired, or either have the prayer line. He he backed up on me, so, and he said, the next time, the next time. And he keeps telling me that. And I I know that Brother Tommy Hicks is, I have, the days that I've had with him and the times and the fellowship, I certainly have a great confidence in Tommy Hicks of being a servant of the living God, a great masterpiece that I don't believe that. There would be—anybody could say anything against the leading of the Holy Spirit to Brother Hicks. Or he was just uh, one day when you heard of his message going to Argentina, and he didn't even have the money to go, but the Lord sent him, and, oh, you know about the meeting. And a person that can yield to God like that. You know, God can only use what part of you yield to Him. You see, as I said, I believe one day somewhere, I uh, talked so much in different places and mornings and afternoon meetings and what more. Um, but I said this, that God can use what you yield, like Samson. Samson would not yield his heart to God. He gave that to Delilah, But he gave his strength to God, and God could only use his strength. That's all. But if a fellow could only yield his complete being to God, uh, that's it. If you can yield your your body, God will use your body. If you can yield your mind, your heart, whatever it is, God will use what you give to Him to use with. He's seeking to find somebody that he can find yielded like that. God be with you, brother Tommy. Give you a great, great success. We'll pray for you in your service, And I'll be in Canada too in a few days, but up in the other. End. <laughs> give you a great success and safe journey. We, thank you. Same to you, Brother Tom. We uh, had a great time this morning in fellowship around the table of God this morning, at, uh, where we asked the blessing and had a ministerial breakfast. The first time I've been privileged to meet the ministerial group of this city. I certainly found some great men, great servants of Christ, with great hearts reaching out for God. And I trust that we'll sometime can get back where you have a full place all together and a big fellowship meeting and and have a great meeting uh, all together here in Chicago. Now, there was uh, last evening, I think we was praying for the sick, and Sunday afternoon I preached on the subject of Abraham and his seed after him. Last night, I preached on the subject of the greatest news flash that ever struck the world in history. And tonight, if you will turn in the scriptures, if you care to, to Matthew, the 11th chapter, and the 6th verse, I'll read these words And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. I'm going to call this subject the forgotten Beatitude. We are all acquainted with the Beatitudes. Over in the, the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, Jesus uh, taught the Beatitudes when He taken the people and went up on the Mount just before the beginning or just as His ministry started. He became their leader. And he went up and taught the Beatitudes and began uh, you've heard him say them of old time, but I say unto you, and so forth. Now Jesus was a perfect type of or uh, Moses was a type of Jesus. Jesus is an anti-type of Moses. Moses was a, a prophet, he was a lawgiver, he was uh kind of like a king over the people in the wilderness, Israel. And he was born uh, a prophet. He was hid from Pharaoh, just as Jesus was hid from the Roman Empire. And his ministry and life just hiked right along. And Moses, when he got the children of Israel in the wilderness, he went up into the mount and got the commandments came down and began to teach the commandments. And Jesus, when He came into His power, He went up on the mount and sat down and began to teach the people, Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when you are reviled and persecuted and made fun of and so forth. For they persecuted the prophets which was before you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, because great is your reward in heaven. He was typing uh, Moses ad- exactly, or Moses' type was the type of him. And we're all acquainted with those types of what Moses was and what Jesus was teaching the Beatitudes. The but this Beatitude is on over in the 11th Chapter and the sixth verse. And if you don't watch, you'll read right over the top of it, and uh, you won't get it. It's wedged in between other words, but it is a beatitude. And he said, "And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Right. See? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are blessed are." And way over here, he, he slips this beatitude in again. See. Blessed, and uh, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me." Oh, it was a great time in those days. Now, we find that what caused this to start was just after the ministry of this great, rugged New Testament Elijah, John the Baptist. And uh, that's who the message was sent to. And uh, John had been placed in prison because of his ministry. And oh, what a rugged fellow John was. And he was really, truly the messenger, Jesus said, that shall go before me. And he was an outdoor man. And how, when they... Caught him. He was perfectly like Elijah, who his spirit was anointed. He was anointed Elijah of the New Testament. how that Elijah was a, a kind of a man that didn't like the way Jezebel, immoral women, lived, and John the same thing. And Elijah lived in the wilderness. John the same thing. Uh, John was a, kind of a stood by alone, just like Elijah did, in that great, rugged man from the wilderness, and then had him down in an old, musty, wet, damp jail. That must have been a horrible experience for John. A man that had been free out in the wilderness, having his meat with the locusts and honey and the wilderness journey out there where he could kill what he eat or take what he wanted out of the wilderness, and now he's down in a little old musty, dirty jail, perhaps dark in a dungeon somewhere, because that uh, wife Jezebel of uh, Arodia had had him thrown in there because he had told him that it wasn't right for him to take Herod to take his brother Philip's wife and live with her. It was lawful for him to do it. And John was one of those men that did not hold back any punches. He just let her fly. It made no difference to him. if It was a head off. It was head off. That's all. Just like Elijah. He was uh, right out far with what he had to say. What was right was right. If it was wrong, it was wrong. God, we need more like that today. Um, Man who will stand on real, genuine convictions of the Word of God, speak it. And don't hold your peace, speak it out. And then we find there that John, down in this little old musty, dirty jail with some dirty bread that probably throw into him once in a while, he'd probably gotten thin and no way to read his Bible, and he'd got kind of his. As one writer wrote about him one time, said his eagle eye got thinned over. Uh, you know, the prophets are likened unto eagles, and God calls his prophets eagles, is because an eagle is the most powerful of all the birds. And uh, the eagle can go higher, soar higher than any other bird. And he's got a better eye than any other bird. They talk about a hawk having an eye or a hawk being able to fly up in the air, while if a hawk would try to follow an eagle, he'd disintegrate in the air. He sure would. And now what good is it to go do the eagle to get up there if he hasn't got enough eye to see back down to the earth again? It's just like if—what are we doing jumping high if we don't know what we're jumping about? And what are we testifying high? It'd make a lot of noise if we haven't got nothing to make a noise about. <laughs> See, and it's different now. The noise is fine if you got something to make a noise about. But wait till that comes first, and it'll be a noise all your life then. <laughs> but we find that this eagle eye had got filmed over because they had taken him out of his habitation from the wilderness and had put him down into an old, dirty, musty jail. And this great man who could be an eagle to soar up in the air, now higher you get, further away you can see. They get up now in these balloons and things so, they can, so high in the air that they can take a picture of the entire Earth in its curvature. And I suppose in this new gadget that Russia's got and cross around the world in about an hour and forty-five minutes, why, they can take the entire movie of it turning. But the uh, higher you get more you can see. Therefore prophets in the Bible were those eagles who could soar way up and above the congregation. And find out what thus saith the Lord was. Then come back down and bring the news. See? Therefore the word of the Lord came to the prophets. And John being caged off, why, it filmed that eagle eye over. I felt so sorry one time for a big eagle, and I just can't stand to go to a zoo to see them poor things caged up, lions, and uh, just in prison for life. And uh, little Sarah and I, one time at the Cincinnati Zoo over here, was walking around, and Mother was are getting our dinner ready. We was up with the children up there. They liked to take the little boat rides and see the monkeys and what more. So we were walking around while my Mother was fixing the dinner, and I heard a noise, and I went down to the bottom of the hill to see what it was, and it just caught a big eagle and it put him in a cage. And I looked at that poor fellow there, and he was bleeding all over his head. And the feathers is all beat off his head and off the ends of his wings. And I watched the big fella walk across there. Then here he come, trying to take off like the eagle does, and he'd hit his head against those bars and knock him backwards and fall on the floor and lay there and roll those big eyes around and look up like that and get back again. And here he come and hit against some bars again. And Blood and feathers knocked out of him and it lay on his back and roll those big eyes and look up why? He was a heavenly bird. He was looking up to where he ought to be. But some cunning device it is, a man had put him in a cage. And I thought that was the most horrible, pitiful sight I'd have bought that eagle if i if i had to take up my first offering to to bought that eagle. That turned him loose. I thought, that poor fellow. I thought, my, if that ain't awful. That born to be a heaven-soaring bird. And here he is by the device of the man all caged up. And he's just beating his brains out. But he's caged. I thought, that's the most horrible sight i ever seen. Then I turned around to walk away and I thought, yes, that's a horrible sight. But I've seen something more horrible than that to see men and women who are born to be sons and daughters of God caged in some kind of a cage. When they look up and know there's a God of heaven, know that He's a great healer and a great master and a great Savior, and then put in some kind of an ecclesiastical cage where they just beat their brains out with all kinds of societies and everything else and never be able to get out of the cage. That's a pitiful condition. Tell them all about a great God that was and build him up under expectations and knock the whole thing out from under him. He died and put in the tomb, and that's all of it. He's not like he used to be. That's a pitiful sight, to see people, men and women, who are born to be children of God and be caged into such things as that. John, his eagle eye, truly had thinned over and John was become weary. He and uh, Elijah was a great deal alike, because the same spirit was up on a uh, different man. See, God never takes his spirit, he just takes his man. God took Elijah, took Elijah's spirit and put it on Elisha, then he took it off of Elisha and put it on John and promised to put it on again just at the end time. Another one a coming at the end time. Another Elisha, which we all as Bible readers know it as promised to us. Now, we find out then that the devil takes his man but never his spirit, and he just keeps coming right on down, just the same way. And We find out that those two are together, and we find that that Elijah and John was a great deal alike. They were real nervous men. Both of them almost had a nervous breakdown. Both of them. And men who live close to God are mostly considered neurotics or something wrong with them. That's right, they're always considered that. Paul, this morning when I was speaking to the ministerial group, Agrippa said to him, or Festus said, too much learning makes you mad or crazy. He said, I'm not mad, I'm not crazy, I'm sober, see, and I, I'm all right. And um, they claim, like William Capper, I believe it was, and I stood at his grave there at London, and he wrote that famous song, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, where sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. That man was so inspired till he, after he tried to take a rope and hang himself, the rope broke. He tried to go to the river to commit suicide, and the cab couldn't even find the river. It was so foggy. And just to show that how that inspiration catches a man, catches him away. Then when he comes out of that, like Stephen Foster gave this nation its greatest folk song. Uh, old Black Joe, Down the Swanee River, Old Kentucky Home. Every time that he'd get inspiration and write a song, then he would get on a drunk. Finally, he got out from the inspiration and called a servant and took a razor and committed suicide. And now think about Jonah the prophet, God inspiring that great eagle of the air of that day. God inspired him so until he went down there and laid in a belly of a whale for three days and nights, walked out upon the bank and gave a message that made even dumb people put sackcloth on their animals. And when the Spirit left him, he went up on top of the hill and sat down and asked God to let him die. Right. We find this great Elijah, who John was a type of, the great eagle of that day, mighty, rugged man, Great woodsman lived in the woods in a cave. And he came out, stomped out into amongst the people, and God would take him up into places that the Israel knew nothing about and declare the message and says, Thus saith the Lord, and stomp back into the wilderness again. And find that great eagle when he stomped out there and told that king, There'll not even be do come from the heavens, but according to my word walked right back out there when he walked down that Samaritan road that day, that stick in his hand, that piece of sheepskin wrapped around that bald head of shining, whiskers hanging down them steps as the as they could be coming down that Samaritan road. But he knowed who he had been in the presence of. He was afraid of what Ahab was going to say because he had been in the presence of somebody greater than Ahab. He had been in the presence and he had, thus saith the Lord. Those old eyes, sitting back, all those wrinkles, was looking right toward the sky. He was walking steady because he know he had dust, saith the Lord. Oh, he was the eagle. Went up on top of the mountain, and looked at the brook there until it went dry, and went back down there and called a, a meeting. When God gave him a vision, went up on top of the mountain and said, Let's prove who's God. Let's see who's God. If he ever was God, he's still God. That's right. Oh, I like them eagles. <laughs> yes, sir. Went up on there and said, if he let's prove God. And he said, call the way that God told him the to vision, he said, You take a bullock and and I'll take a bullock and you call on Balaam and I'll call on God. And ever which one answers before I let him be God. And while he was so certain of himself, so certain of his vision, while they were calling on Balaam all morning and cutting themselves and screaming and jumping, he walked around and said, Say, maybe you'd better holler a little more. Maybe he's pursuing, or maybe he's taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Oh, he'd where he was standing. It was. But after he had proved God, his eagle eye had become filmed. And when Jezebel threatened that she would kill him, he run out into the wilderness. God found His servant laying under a juniper tree. Running after he had proved God to be God. Nervous. Upset. When you go up in those spheres it does something to the human heart, when you come down, you, you can't explain it. It takes you somewhere that you are trying to talk about it. Visions and so forth that tear you to pieces. You can't tell the other people they don't understand it. They've never been there, so how would you know about it? So it tears them to pieces. God's so kind to His servant, old, to feed him and encourage him and out under the juniper tree. But after he had had such confidence in Jehovah, so sure... And he could walk up before the king and said, Not even do a fall, but according to my word. Spoke right out of the king's palace. Anointed. Him. Then he had a vision of what to do. Then he went right out there on that mountain and took and called down fire out of the heavens. Yeah, much, proving he was God. Yeah. Then called rain down out of the heavens on the same day. And that killed 400 men, priests, pagan priests, cut their heads off, and then run. When the vision left him, nervous, sitting out there said, I'm no better than the rest of my fathers. I'm no more than any other prophets. Now, Lord, take my life. I'm the only ones left. I'm the only ones preaching the right gospel. So just take my life. Let me go. They get all frustrated like that. And God said, you No, know, I, I got I got seven hundred thousand more. And had never bowed their knee to Balaam yet, see. But I that's all right, Elijah. You're doing a great work, but I, I still got another bunch, see, that you don't know yet. But take my life. I'm no more than my father's was. Prophets before me. Let me die. You're John, a whole lot like him. Laying down here in prison. Mustering out after he had stood on the banks of the Jordan, come out of the wilderness, received the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb three months before he was born. Certainly is how oh, when he first heard the name of Jesus Christ, when Mary had come up there and she had not yet, she never felt nothing. The angel had just overshadowed her. The Holy Spirit had told her she took off to Judea. And she was uh, told Elizabeth that she was uh, going to be mother, and said, uh, God uh, has overshadowed me, and I'm going to have a child, and said, I'll call his name Jesus. And little John was six months already. Elizabeth was in her motherhood, pregnancy, and she had not yet even felt life. And so while she was standing looking at Mary's face, and Mary telling her what the Holy Ghost said was going to happen and had told about the experience that she had had, an old woman had conceived, and then how her husband was stricken dumb. And while standing there, she said, I, I should go to have a son and call his name Jesus. And as soon as that precious, glorious name of Jesus was spoke first in the human lips, A little dead baby laying in his womb jumped and come to life and received the Holy Ghost in the mother's womb. Said, Whence comes the mother of my Lord? For as soon as thy salutation come to my ears, my baby leaped in the womb for joy. And the Bible said he was born from his mother's womb full of the Holy Ghost. A man called of God Come out into the wilderness at nine years old, no education. Tuck off into the wilderness as a woodsman. At 30 years old, he came out of the wilderness preaching such a message of a coming Messiah that he shut the regions. And he wasn't afraid of the doctrine of the Pharisees Said, said, You snakes in the grass, don't you come around here saying, We have Abraham our father, your generation of vipers. Who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Oh, my! You was rough. But I'm telling you of a Messiah that's coming with a fan in his hand. Amen. He'll thoroughly purge his floor. Or he'll take his wheat to the garden, and he'll burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. You know what he was talking about. Now. But when this Messiah finally came, when Messiah finally came, and John had the honor of baptizing him, he came just, just exactly right. All the signs was right. He showed the messiah sign, and John knew that that he was a messiah. That's a messiah. There's no doubt about it. John said, "I saw that pillar of fire light coming down upon him." In the form of a dove, a voice speaking from that pillar of light, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am pleased to dwell in. He knew that was the Messiah. John said, I didn't know him, but he is in the wilderness. said, For me to go baptize with water, Set said, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on. He's the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm sure this is him. So he blasted it out! But when trouble set in, Jesus came and showed the Messiah that he was Messiah. But then something went wrong. John had introduced the Messiah with a fan in his hand, going to burn up the chap. But he found out the works of Jesus, he was meek and lowly. So it wearied him. He didn't know he didn't know what to say. He he thought, now, there's something wrong here somewhere. Seemed he had had believed the wrong thing. It seemed like it wasn't working right. And there's many times that we think, too, that it isn't working right. But it's working right. As long as we know that he's here, what difference does it make? It's working right. Maybe it ain't working in a car in the way we think it ought to work. But it's working according to the way God wants it to work. You say, well, John thought, well, now, i introduced a Messiah that had his fan in his hand. He's going to purge the floors and take his wheat to the garner, And I told him the to axe is laid to the root of a tree, and he's going to take all the trash and burn it up. And here he is, instead of a great, mighty man like that, here he comes, meek and low. Something must have went wrong somewhere, he said. No doubt, but something's wrong somewhere. He thought it wasn't right. He became dismayed, like many of us do, when we see things going on that it isn't what we think is just right. We become dismayed. Don't be weary; it'll be all right. The devil got a hold of him in there. The devil thought, "Now I've got him in the jail. Now I've put him in jail, so I'll rough him up right good while I got him in there." God isn't using him right now. I've got him in jail, so I'll just put every kind of a blanket over him I can. I got him all caged up. I got the eagle in the cage. So I'll I'll just I'll just make him wish he had never preached the gospel. That's what he does a many, and there's a many a good man in that same shape today. It's exactly right. We think it ain't working right. But it is working right. Everything's all right. The other day, a little, I see so many people that come and say, "Well, Brother Bram, I was prayed for that. Uh, I, I really didn't get any different. Well, there's something wrong? No, there's not. There's nothing wrong with the system. There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's nothing wrong with the Holy Spirit. The thing of it is, is something wrong with you. Everything was running all right. It's John. That's also. This. The lady came down the other day from from Zion City. She may be here now, about a month ago. That little woman, uh, her little husband, a beautiful little couple, and they came down to my place and, and they come down with some good friends of mine, Simms is from up there, at the Zion. And they may all be sitting here tonight, as far as I know. And she had a little baby, I think it was born, with his foot hanging up like this and, and couldn't get his foot down, and and she just said, If I can only see Brother Branham Putty's hands on this baby, that foot will drop down." Well, she brought it shoes to wear home and everything, didn't she? Yes, sir. So I was praying up at the tabernacle, or preaching, and then when I got through, I was trying to make a way to get out to another meeting, or over in Bloomington, Illinois. And then the first thing you know, when I started to leave the platform, I believe we're going in to take foot washing. We're we believe in foot washing. I, I believe that's uh, uh, the Bible teaches that, and we're supposed to do it until He comes. And so we try to keep every word that He said, and we is observing this at our church, which we always have for thirty years now. We were going in for foot washing, and and my son come up and said. Uh, Dad, is, is the people come from Zion? There, said they're expected to have prayer for the sick tonight. He said he got a little baby that that woman believes that if you'd ever pray for that baby, that little leg would drop down. It's got a bad leg. I said, bring it here. And the little beautiful little mother, she came up. And she said, um, my baby brother Branham, we have believe husband and I. When you lay your hands on this baby. If the leg is going to come straight, it's going to be all right. I said, do you require me to find a vision from the Lord? He said, no, sir, just lay your hands it." I said, all right, I'll do that. Laid my hands up on it, prayed for it, went on in the room, and the next day I was out the office. When I was sitting out there and, and uh, answering some calls and, and uh, doing some work there at the office, a car drove up and the little lady got out and her husband, and here they come. That Brother Branham, so I said, something went wrong. And I said, oh, well, what, what do you mean? Well, she said, uh, the, the baby's leg's not down yet. And I said, uh, well, what's that got to do with it? And she said, well, I, I, I believe, Brother Branham, I believe that if you'd ever lay your hands on my baby, that God would heal it. said, I believed it. And said, something went wrong somewhere. She said, "Maybe you better have a vision for it." I said, "No, no, there's nothing wrong. Not a thing wrong. Only thing's wrong is you." I said, "You just believe it." She said, "One thing I'll ask, brother Ram, do you think it's God's will for my baby to be crippled?" I said, "I do not believe it's God's will." She said, "That's all I want you to say." (laughs) Out of there she went and. Few days ago they called up and now the baby's legs back normal. Come down. They're, see, we just get a rated, that's all. Everything's running alright. Everything's just according to time. So we find out here that the devil tries to make the people believe or disbelieve. So the devil's trying to get John to disbelieve that he was the Messiah. So he got two of his disciples together and he sent them out. So now you go out and find wherever he's preaching, and when you do, you go out and ask him: Have I been wrong? <laughs> could you imagine it? Could, could I? I've been wrong? Is he really the same one? I know the sign was right. I've seen the messiah sign. I know that was right. But but this meek and lowly, and all this—I I don't get it. it don't, I can't figure it up. I can't make ends meet with it. You're not supposed to make ends meet. If I could tell you the whole thing, and you know it all, and I know it all, it would no more be faith. Anything that I can perfectly explain is not faith anymore. By faith are you saved. By faith are you healed. You just believe it. You can't explain it. You just believe it. So he said, you go and ask John—or ask him if we should look for another. It was my as my faith, my confidence, and my, my I saw that Messiah sign over him. And have I been wrong? Have have I been mixed up? Now, if something went wrong? Now, when these disciples came to Jesus with this great prophet's message, uh, Jesus never said to them, um, Now, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you back some literature to give to John, how to be happy in jail. (laughs) No, he never said that. (laughs) He didn't, uh, he didn't say, I'll, uh, I'll give you a book on patience. <laughs> and you tell, and you tell John how to be, uh, uh, uh patient while he's in jail. Uh, it's a, it's a good thing. He's in jail. I hate to see him in jail, but I'll tell him how, how to do it. Well, just to be happy. No, he never said that. You know what he said? He said, just stay till this afternoon's meeting. Just stay over. Then you can leave after that. Just watch this afternoon's meeting. And after Jesus had the meeting, I'd imagine those disciples of John sitting there watching every movie made, because John had taught them what that Messiah was and told them what it was, and these were his disciples. And they begin to see what has taken place. So then, after the service is over, then when the two disciples went back to meet John, he said, go tell John, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and all that comes to the meeting is poor. All the, the poor people's got the gospel preached to them. He uh, said, tell John not to be scared, not to think anything different. I'm right on schedule. Everything's running right everything's all right. I'm right on schedule. Don't tell him. There's a healing service going on. The poor's got the gospel preached. The power of God's moving among them. I'm right on schedule. Don't pay attention to nothing else. I'm right on schedule. Oh, my. And blessed is he who is not offended in me. Now, don't be offended. I believe there's more people offended in Jesus than any other person that ever lived on earth. They get offended too quick. Jesus now in this uh, misplaced beatitude slipped over there so we could get it tonight. Well, he said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Don't be offended in him. You know, that takes place. I'm—everything's working right on schedule, so you just—just just go ahead and believe it, that's all. Everything's all right. Just go ahead and believe it. You know, there, Jesus didn't rebuke John for that. No. He didn't say, Well, I'm ashamed of my apostle. No. I'm ashamed of my prophet. No, he never said that. No. He, didn't say, he didn't say, What's the world going to say about this, when you come preaching, all oh, such a great Messiah, and such a great Messiah, and then you sent out to ask if I'm the Messiah. He never rebuked him. But when John said the worst thing that he could say it to Jesus... Jesus said the best thing that John ever had said about him. Yes. Yeah. Jesus John said, Go see if he is that one. And after they left, Jesus said to them, he said after the, the disciples of John left, So what did you go out in the wilderness to see? Did you go out to see a man and uh Dressed up in fine you no know, he was too far from Hollywood for that. So he said, Did you go to see a man in fine raiment that there are a palaces? He said, What did you go to see? A, a, a reed that just any denomination could go any way it wanted to? <laughs> well, certainly didn't. <laughs> so what did you go to see? A prophet? Said, Yes! You want to see a prophet and a greater—he's
1: more than a prophet!
0: He said, so This is that Elias, this is that one that is sped by the prophet. I stand my messenger before my face. He so said, I say unto you that there's never been a man born of a woman as great as John the Baptist. Amen. He never condemned him! You know that he was anointed with the spirit of Elijah, and that spirit was on him. That's what did it. You know that everything was running all right? Everything was running according to schedule? John, why was he greater than, than all the prophets? Now, if you're spiritual, you'll catch something. Why was he the greatest? All the other prophets had spoke of the Messiah. But John introduced him. He was the one that presented him. So will it be in the end time. Everything is running according to schedule. Don't be offended. Just believe. Today, the churches are offended in him. The churches are offended. The people are offended. They're all frustrated. They don't know what to think. Mental telepathy? Something else? No, don't be offended. Our message last Sunday was trying to show you what God did to Abraham and to his seed after him. And we found out at every junction he'd taken Abraham, he took his seed through justification, through sanctification, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, through the placing of a son. And then God came in human flesh! Turned his back to Sarah's tent and told what she was thinking in her heart. Don't get scared; he's right on schedule. He said, "Don't be offended in him. Blessed are they who are not offended in me." Sure to speak tonight, he'd say the same thing. He's right on schedule. The prophet said there would be a time that would be not day or night, but in the evening time it shall be light. He's right on schedule. He's done come through justification, Luther age, sanctification, Wesley age, Pentecostal age, done placed his gifts into the church, and now appeared to us in our flesh. As Jesus said he would, don't be offended at him. He's right on time! John, get out of jail! Get out of that organization that don't believe in it! Pull the feathers back off your eyes! You're a free man if you believe it! He's right on time! It shall be light in the evening time! Amen. The evening lights are shining. What is he? The same Jesus. The same sun that rises in the east is the same sun that sets in the west. The Son of God rose on the eastern people. What did he do to prove to the Samaritans and the Jews that he was Messiah by showing a sign to them, that he was the prophet that Moses spoke of? The Samaritan woman witnessed the same thing, saying, We know that when Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. But who are you? He said, I am he. She ran into the city and said, Isn't this the very Messiah? The man told me what was wrong with me, what I'm doing. Isn't that the Messiah and the people believing? He did that to the Samaritans and to the Jews, but not to the Gentiles. For the gospel and the Gentiles is already glorified in glory. But it shall be light in the evening What did the church do? Went off into Catholicism, organized the church. Then Luther pulled out for justification for the seed. Then Wesley came from Luther's sanctification. Then the Pentecostals, and they organized, and on and on and on their systems, and on down. Now we get to the last days. What is it? But in the evening time, before the body was changed of Sarah and Abraham to receive the promised son, he came, sat with them, talked with them, and done a sign before them. And Jesus referred to him. We're not behind. Don't look back to what Luther said, what Wesley said. Look what Jesus said. Look at the sign where we're at. Don't look back what somebody else said. Look what he said. He was the one set. And the same sun that rises in the east steps in the west, there's been a dismal day. It certainly has been. Enough light to see how to join churches and make organizations and so forth. But that real power and manifestations of the presence of God has not been seen for years and years and years. We've felt it. We've noted it here. We've seen gifts work with it. But when we see him come visible among us, with power in his church to reach up on the hem of the garment of that master and touch it, bring back down his power here, speak to his people here, and reveal, making him God, God with us. Oh, yes, John, God opened the prison doors tonight and let you out. Blessed is he who is not offended in me, not a mind-reading or a telepathy, but a power of a risen Christ who is soon coming. Let us pray. Dear God, as the evening lights are shining, it puts the eyes of many out, but others are using it to walk in. I pray God that tonight that you will give the evening lights again into the this evening people, and may they see the power of your resurrection. For you said yourself that the works that I do shall you also. And we wonder what works that you did. Then we find in John, the fifth chapter of the nineteenth verse, that you said, I do nothing until I see the Father doing it first. And then you promised that. We know it's true. Now for once more, Lord, and then it's complete. And may many of the Johns that shut up today in prison find men and women that know you as their Savior, and they've been wondering, oh, God, may they see that you're right on schedule, you're right on time. Granted, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Just before we have our altar call, I'm just a little late tonight. I thought last night I preached. I'm going to tell Billy I sure made it tonight, he told me I couldn't preach less than an hour and a half. But I sure got it out that time with the help of the Lord. Now, I believe we give out prayer cards yesterday, or did he give out any today, or what was that one? One to a hundred I believe he gave out yesterday, wasn't it? What was that, A's? A's. A's all right. Where Where'd we start? We went, We started from one yesterday, didn't we? One? Well, let's start from the back of them. Let's take. Let's start and get about just a few up here because our time. Let's start from eighty. How I many's never been in one of the meetings before? Raise your hand. Let's look at there. Half the meeting. If Jesus Christ, how many knows that Jesus Christ has already healed the sick, already saved the lost? Now he couldn't save you or heal you. He'd just tell you he's already done it, and you'd have to believe it. But he promised that the works that he did. Would we do also, and especially in this evening time? How many knows that? At least that's the truth. Does it say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen. He certainly is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? If he is, then maybe act that way. Now, all of you in the prayer line staying there, that's a strange to me that you know that I don't know nothing about you, raise up your hand. All that know. Every one of all them. Right. all out there, are you people that hasn't got a prayer card, and you want to be healed, and you know I know nothing about you, raise up your hands, all the people. Every person in the building knows that I know nothing about you, raise up your hands. Everybody. I don't think there's a person that I can see that I know. If I'm not mistaken, this is a preacher from Arkansas sitting right here, I believe. These lights, you see, I, I can't see them too well, but I think that's the preacher from Arkansas. How many knows that one time there was a woman coming to prayer room? There was a lady coming to, she said in her heart, If I can only touch the border of that man's garment, I'll be made well. She had a blood issue. You remember that? And she slipped through the crowd and she touched about like that. Now, you never felt that. And you know, Brother Tommy, the underneath garment of the Palestine and the big long robe. The robe wore underneath garment on account of the dust. The robe picked it up. Now, if she touched the border of that garment, Went back out in the audience, and Jesus said, Who touched me? Now, that was the Son of God. Who touched me? And Peter refused him, said, well, what, what, well, the people think there's something wrong with you there. Well, everybody's touching You know, hello, you, Reverend, and so forth, you know, Rabbi. He said, But I perceive that I got weak. How I many know oh, that virtue is strength? Sure. A strength went out of me. Somebody touched me. And he turned around, and kept looking over the audience until he found where it was at. And he said, told her about her blood issue had stopped because of her faith had saved her. Is that the truth? Amen. Well now, is he tonight, you minister, brethren, that we eat with this morning. This uh, brother here, I believe, is the brother they talked about all the degrees he got in in, in and the Baptist uh, school, doctor, PhD and I don't know is telling us about it. But he had to forget it all like Paul to know Christ, so then um, but uh, the scripture teaches us over in Hebrews that he's a high priest now that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. That's right. How many knows that to be so? Yes. Well then if he is the same yesterday, today and forever, how would he act if you touched him? See? He'd act the same, wouldn't he? A little while and the world sees me no more yet. Ye shall see me, for I'll be with you even in you. To the end of the world, the works that I do shall you also. Is that right? And he promised this would come to the Gentile people, not down through the Lutheran age, Wesleyan age, but at the end time it would happen. Now, don't you see? He's right on time. Yes, he is. Right on, and remember, this is done went right around the world. i So we're at the end, there's no doubt, no doubt. But you touch his garment. Now, what is it, Brother Branham? It's not me. And it wouldn't do a thing to me if you didn't do it. It's you just as much into it as I am. It's got to be your faith that does his—touches him so that he'll speak through me. It's just a gift to yield myself to him, just give him my eyes, my mind my tongue, my being. Now, I don't know none of you, but it's, it's Him speaking through there. See? It's Him doing it. So it is me. So what caused it to do it? I don't know you. You say, about me, Brother Bram, I don't know. About me, I don't know. But He does know oh, So You touch Him, and He just uses me back. So see, it's you and I together. It's His servants. And He makes Himself known to His people. But he's right on time, right with the schedule, just exactly, just before the end time, when the evening lights would shine. Now, if he will do that, how many will love him and believe him and accept him? God bless you. Our Heavenly Father, the rest is in your hands. I commit myself and this audience to you. Just one case will prove it, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, let it happen. Amen. I be real reverent, don't get up no more, sit still. Be real reverent, just a few moments. Now, one word from him will mean more than I could say in 50, 100 lifetimes, just one word from him. Now, you out there now that don't have no prayer card or whatever you are, whatever your condition is, you just say, Oh, great high priest, let me touch you. And Brother Bran don't know me, and then you turn him around to me and let him tell me uh, what I'm praying about. Let him tell me what's wrong with me. He don't know me, or well, something that I'm thinking or doing, or whatever it is. Let him tell me. I'll believe you. Because the Bible said that's just the way he would do. That's the way he did do. That's the way he will do. And you see, friends, if one time made Jesus feel weak, what would it do to me, a sinner? You'll never know until we beat the gate up there what I, what what the price is. But that's I'm not complaining, I'm thanking God, you see, just so that you'll understand. Well, days we come down and they give out prayer cards, and then along I pick up those prayer cards along down through the week of picking out some here and some over here and down here, so it won't—everybody won't rally for prayer card number one. See? <laughs> so and then the boy, before he gives them out, he comes down and stands before the audience and mixes these cards up. Mixes them all up. I guess you see him do that. All right? Then he goes down, if you want one, he give you one. Then the boy can't say, well, now, uh, I give her number one. He don't know it himself. He just passes it up. See? So he mixes it up. He gives you—he might give you ten, and mixes next one by Saturday, ninety-five. So then somewhere along through the week, I keep, I'll keep call from 20 to 30, or from 50 to 90, or 90 back to 20, or somewhere along like that, wherever the Lord lays upon my heart calls that way. Well, then, uh, this is wherever the Holy Spirit leads the call. It happens to be tonight, by that leading, this woman, a colored woman, me, a white man. I'm a stranger to you. We do not know one another. This is our first time meeting. See now. Now, if the Holy Spirit still remains, the Holy Spirit that was in Christ is in us tonight. If that's the same Spirit, then it'll do the same work. If this is truly the Holy Spirit, then it'll do the work of the Holy Spirit. If it'll do the work of Jesus. And that way you can be sure then what He was back there, you know what He is now. So let's take. St. John, the fourth chapter, there was, a, when he, being a Jew, met a Samaritan woman, and he talked to her a few minutes to catch her spirit, and then he told her uh, where her trouble was. And she said, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. We know when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. And she said uh, uh, to him that, and he said, um, uh, I'm he that speak to you. And she ran into the city and said, "Come see a man who's told me the things I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah?" And all the people believed, and every one Jesus never done it to one more person. But the whole city believed on him. He never healed anybody. Just went in there, declared himself the woman, and the Bible said that the whole city believed on him because of the testimony of the woman. Now, if that were Jesus yesterday, and he can come do the same thing as a, an African girl. And an Anglo Saxon man standing here. And if he can reveal to me something that you're here for, something that you have done, or something like that, you know you know what's the truth or not. He certainly wouldn't. And then if he can tell you what has been, certainly he can tell you what will be. Do you believe that? To all the colored people here, white too, and whatever and more you believe that with all your heart? Uh, now if any of you people don't believe this is the truth. And you believe it's psychology. I haven't got no Ph.D. You come here and do it yourself. I'm waiting for you. Then if you're afraid to come, accept it or keep still about it. <laughs> I said that because I was led to do it. There's something going on that I, I know about. You're aware that something's going on here too. One of your troubles is nervousness. Really, extremely nervous. There it comes. He guessed it. you get that? I can see somebody out there is nervous. Somebody, the Lord says something. But who is that somebody? This is that somebody. Stand, just, she's has got a nice spirit, Pacificus. nervous, you got trouble with your shoulder, too. That's right. you got heart trouble also. Is that right? you got a burden on your heart. Is that true? It's about a boy. Uh-huh. He's in an institution, hospital, you're praying about him. You want me to tell you who you are? Yep. Miss Richardson. Yep. Go, bleed. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll never know what that does. It just kills the very life. A real reverend, everyone. How do you do, sir? We are strangers to each other. We are. But... Jesus knows us both and says us if God will just if, let me know what you're standing here for. So I wouldn't have to go into too much detail. See, a whole got a whole line stand there and others out there praying see what it does to me. But if he'd just tell me something about you, you'd believe. Of course, one of the things that you're wanting to pray for is your eyes. Of course, you're wearing glasses, anybody can see that. That's not all the matter with the man. It's something else because he's got a shadow over him to death. And his eyes wouldn't do that. He beat him. had an operation for art. Wasn't successful. Hasn't done like he should have. Is that right? You believe now that's going to be all right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just believe it all in your Thank you. Would you believe that he is the Son of God and heals you? Will you would? Then just walk on by and say, Praise thank you, Lord. Lord thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. That ulcer Always. will get all right. Praise. Yes. Praise. God. I, do. Praise. I, do. I don't know you. We are strangers to one another. Do you believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God? Do you believe He sent me as a messenger to the Church in this last day to produce this Scripture and give a gift, not because it was me, not because He had to get, He, had, he probably usually does get somebody who don't know nothing so He can show His stuff. Do you believe that these things that I speak of is truth of the Scripture? She seems to be so full of sorrow, is the reason I, I was talking to her again. Yes, it is. The first thing is for yourself. You've had a, an operation, and that was a female lady's trouble. Uh, clean out of all the inside the, uh, of the female organs was removed. But it, it backfired. It done something. Uh, just a moment. It's uh, the dog, It's ruptured. It ruptured, and you had to return. You had to go back. But you're, you're, that isn't really your sorrow. Your sorrow is about a child. That you're a child, and it's uh, it's had some disease or something wrong. TP, and now it has some kind of a weak spells. Like that's right. You got another one that you're bothered about, this got an ear trouble. That's right. Your name is Mrs. Smith. Oh, how do you, you go believe? Have faith. Just, just have faith. Believe. Um how do you do, lady? We are strangers to each other. I, I don't know you. As far as I know, I've never seen you in my life. And we just meet here for the first time. If I, if I could do something for you and wouldn't do it, then I'd be a, I'd be a bad person. I'm not, not ought to be standing behind the pulpit here as a minister. And uh, I could not help you. And uh, if he was standing here himself and wearing these clothes that he gives me, he could only prove that he was Messiah, that it did for you, but you'd have to have faith that he did it for you, or you wouldn't work anyhow. Isn't that right? But if he would stand here and tell you something, what your trouble is, or what you've done, what you ought not have done, or something about it, then you'd have faith to believe it wouldn't you? Will that raise the faith of the audience now, For you're dimming out to me? Well, you have an accident. The bother in the head. Then you're having trouble in your left side, that's right, complications, so many things wrong. That is true. Yeah. If God would tell me who you are, would it help you, Miss Terry? My oh, Lord. Lord. Yes. Amen. I mean, Do you, you believe with all your heart now? How you? how you? how you? how you? He heals heart trouble, doesn't he? You? you believe he does? Just go right in and, and thank so, you, dear God. How you? Thank you. you? 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 the You believe he heals arthritis? and makes people well, all right. Where oh, oh, leave it thank you I'll leave. Praise the Lord! I believe it. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord! I Thank you, Jesus. A lady's trouble and heart trouble. You believe he'll make you well? Let <laughs> crown the roses. You're young to have a newly condition, but you believe he transfuses blood. Oh, Go. Say thank you, Lord. I don't believe it. Signs? or You believe He heals it? Just go say thank you, Lord Jesus. You'll have to have an operation for that tumor, but you believe God will heal you with it. All right, let's go around your road, thank you, Lord. Come, come, lady. You believe He heals nervousness? All right, go on your road rejoicing, saying thank you, Lord. And well, what if we didn't say nothing to you? Would you believe me anyhow? In the name of Jesus, may she be healed. Thank go you, believing Hallelujah. wonderful Jesus. Just a moment, just a moment. Something happened. Something. Happened. Did those people going by there? Was in the prayer line going back there? No, so that might be. Mr. sitting right back here in the row, sitting right here looking at me, you're suffering with a prostrate trouble, yes sir, sitting there, yes sir, yeah, have you a prayer card? You don't have a prayer card, do you? You don't need it. Your faith heals you. This second woman from there is your wife, that's right, I see you in a home together. And she suffers with trouble with her liver. That's right. It's right. Raise up your hand. Go home. Jesus Christ makes you well. That lady sitting right next to you has something wrong with her tongue. You believe, lady? If that's true, raise up your hand. All right. Go home. You're sitting on the end out there. What about you? There it is over you now. Got bladder trouble. That's right, all right. Come you do? all right, go home and be well. Oh, hallelujah. You oh, hallelujah. The name of the Lord. Hallelujah. What did they touch? Hallelujah. Thank you. Where? Where so the man started crying, sitting right back here, this man, and one fellow. Now, that man, I've never seen him in my life. But listen, son, you got stomach trouble. That's right. But you was praying the Spirit come up on you, a real wonderful feeling. If I'm a stranger to you, wave your hand like this. I don't know you. Is that what's trouble with you? Wave your hand. All right. You're healed. Jesus Praise Christ, Christ you you well. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. you this lady sitting out right back there suffering with epilepsy. Do you believe that God will make you well? Heal hear you? Praise Do you believe it? you. Do you accept your healing? Them spells will leave you. And you won't have it anymore. Why, right. you Believe Believe oh, it. Is. The little lady's sitting there looking at me on the side with her hand up like this, something wrong with her ankle. You believe that God will make you well? All right, you can have your hand. Right. This lady's standing there with her hand up. ready for an operation, that little tumor, but God will take it out and make you well. You do it? Praise God. Don't believe it. This kind of woman with a white band around her head here, color colored lady, God's got her trouble. Huh. You believe God will heal you? What about you in a wheelchair? You believe me to be his prophet? You'll die sitting there. You have one chance to live, like the lepers was, instead of the gate of Samaria. I cannot heal you, sister. I'm no healer. But those Samaritans, they said, if we sit there, we'll die. If we go in the city, we'll die. So the only chance we got is to go to the camp of the enemy. If they kill us, we're going to die anyhow. But if they save us, we'll be alive. They have one chance out of millions. You ain't got that kind of a chance. You're invited tonight to the home of a real loving God. Stand up on your feet now. I Let's rise and bleed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Rise up! If you're breathing stand up on your feet in the name of Jesus Christ. And accept the